Welcome to the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, I had the chance to talk with the guys from Elevation Rhythm, and there is just a ton of insight to be able to be gleaned from this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. It's a fun time for Elevation Rhythm. Um, we just dropped our very first uh, project titled Growing Pains. We dropped it on April 1st of this year. This is after about 11 singles in two years of just kind of testing out like what people love and you know growing within our own writing and producing abilities so like now we've just dropped our first 12 song project and it's been really it's been a really crazy time just watching people experience something that we've been working so hard for behind the scenes and so yeah it's exciting times for elevation rhythm yeah what um i mean so this was all created during lockdown like maybe talk a little bit about my goodness, like of all the times, like, what was that like? <laughs> yeah, um, we, well, I think as a shift happened, I guess, with Elevation Rhythm when we wrote Quiet, mm-hmm. um, our, one of our singles, we wrote it during maybe like two months into the lockdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that that is when a shift started to happen with the sound and with like how, what we wanted rhythm to really be and what God really kind of showed where mm-hmm. rhythm was headed. And it really shift like kind of like molded our our songwriting process to really be looking thinking through the lens of like oh man what are people really going through right now and what do they really need to hear and for us um not really having service we're really able to um to develop mm-hmm. develop our own skills and really like the really it almost gave us like the luxury to dream a little mm-hmm. bit bigger and to explore and like what oh man like cuz sometimes i think we think through the lens of like okay we have we have service coming up so we need to be writing things through the lens of like okay mm-hmm. this context but knowing that context can change all mm-hmm. the time we kind of broke that barrier of thinking through that lens and really just being even more open-handed with like what what we could do with yeah. rhythm and what it could possibly be a, a thousand percent because we didn't have to worry about well the new song needs to be predictable because the room needs to be able to sing it because there was mm-hmm. no one in the room and so it was like essentially all the awkward moments are just going to be between us if we don't know this properly but now we get to present them in a way that's authentic to the way we wrote them in the room and so that was really it was a special weird time to be writing music just it took all the limitations off of kind of like what we're so used to presenting to church right talk a little bit about like let's start with quiet like what were you guys feeling when you were like putting that song together for the church yeah, it was, it really came from the, the, the feeling of like, God wanted us all. I mean, God had us all in this, this state of isolation um, where we couldn't really do much. It, it, it's not a punishment or it's not like a, like a prison. It's really just a moment that we could actually utilize and like really exercise, be still and know that I'm God. Like that, the scripture of just like being still and then really getting him to really us to really like kind of grasp like oh my god like this like mm-hmm. I want to know you more and sometimes to know you more I just need to be still and be quiet yeah <laughs> and I right. need to stop, stop quiet the noise quiet the anxiety quiet all the things and really just like understand like this mm-hmm. is who God is and this is who God is this is who he needs to be in my life this is what mm-hmm. he's going to do in my life and I think that that was really like the the heart behind quiet is to really know that we were going through that and we needed a song like quiet mm-hmm. in our own state of like isolation and almost like the self dialogue and the inner dialogue we were having. But then knowing that like, if we needed 
we're just knowing that maybe more people need to hear this song as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the message still stands today. It doesn't, doesn't require a lockdown <laughs> for it to be applicable. Right. Yeah, it, it, it felt like a, like a great reminder that like our homes are starting to feel like prisons because we just couldn't escape from it. But then we're like, what if we looked at our, our homes, not as a prison, but almost like a palace in the perfect place for God to speak to us. It's like, well, maybe isolation isn't meant as a punishment, but as a privilege, if we just kind of change the way that we look at it. And so that's why the verses kind of feel so chaotic that like, da, 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 da. it just kind of feels like, oh man, like there's all this noise that we're being so focused on but now it's all being stripped away and it can either be lonely or it can really just help you channel your focus into actually this is what I need to be listening to and so God you speak and I'm willing to take the time to listen to you yeah that's good I, I'd, I'd love to like because there's definitely like you guys are putting musical elements into the the stuff that are like I say musical everything's musical but like you're putting like you're conveying meaning through the music that you're, you're putting in there I know like in a lot of ways when we're trying to write worship music it's almost like the singability and the anthemic nature of it is key could you maybe talk about that tension of like trying to write stuff knowing full well that it kind of strays from you know what i guess we all consider norms at this point yeah i think it's it is a little bit um it's kind of like tempting a lot of the times to like always want to be like i just want something that the masses can sing I right. want something one can sing and I think that um what we've learned a lot is that like sometimes when you just focus on one you actually like it actually like resonates with way more people than you think I think when you try to focus on the masses then you almost like you're casting this wide net and hoping that you can at least get something but it's just like well some of these songs we didn't really try to cast such a wide net we really thought about specific stories that we may have heard from our like different e-groups or like from different people who are walking with people. And we really kind of kept it. Sometimes we kind of tried to keep it as singular as possible. And whether it's personal to us or it's like something within our uh, community. And I think what happens is it actually does the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like it still reaches multiple people. It still reaches. And, and I think that that is when, um, it's a different mindset to have mm -hmm. when it comes to writing because we're like you said like we're so used to being like this is a this is going to go crazy on sunday morning yeah. everyone's going to be singing right. this yeah. like, most of our songs aren't that's not what we're thinking through that lens and, <laughs> it, and it takes a lot of um mm -hmm. it takes a lot of selflessness to like to not think through that lens because you obviously you want things that people can sing mm -hmm. right back to you yeah because it almost gives you like this instant affirmation mm -hmm. of like okay this is sing like you like right. it because you sing it back to me. Mm -hmm. But when we sing these songs, and a lot of times they just kind of sit and listen, yeah. you kind of get that response, mm -hmm. that outwardly expressive response, but it does not mean at all that mm -hmm. it's not resonating with them. It's just, honestly, they're just really letting it speak to them. Yep. Yeah, yeah we, we, we've we almost ad adapted the sense of like embrace the awkwardness because yeah. we're teaching, it's almost like we're teaching and uh, I don't want to say a new way of worship, but a different way of worship. I think we've been so cultured to look at worship as a genre or as a style when for us, it's really a posture of your heart. Yeah. And so we're, we're okay with understanding that, you know, some of our songs, people aren't going to know how to move or how to clap their hands. They're going to want to 
watch, but maybe they're not watching, but they're actually taking in the lyrics and they're taking in the content that maybe they would have missed because it would be just so like, oh, four on the floor, you know? And right. so like, so we've just embraced the, the awkwardness of understanding, hey, this is a new way that we're trying to give people just a new glimpse of what worship can actually be and take the limitations off of maybe what they're so used to experiencing in church. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that you guys are like working that through. Do you have any advice for, I mean, the worship leader or, I mean, probably the senior pastor that's hearing this is like, no, not my church. Like it's gotta be full participation all the time. Like what, what would you encourage them? Cause I, I mean, I love like worship is so much more than just being able to sing along. I mean, and even whether you sing along or not, like you can digest the lyrics and still worship the Lord through that. But um I mean, I can hear the worship leaders being like, nah, uh, like, that's not going to work here. <laughs> like, do you have advice for them to like move towards some of that? Yeah. I mean, the biggest advice is like, hey, like, I think it's not just meeting people where they're at, but also leading them somewhere. And yeah. if part of your leadership is always kind of keeping your church comfortable, then are you really leading them or are you just kind of, you know, just being good to them? And right. so but it is so hard. And so the way that we try and kind of manage that tension is, by putting in all these like new songs or songs that are maybe different in the middle of songs that we know that they're going to sing. So it's like, Hey, we're going to start with like a song that we know that, you know, we're going to maybe go into a song that you're a little bit unsure of, but then maybe pair it up with the old classic old faithful, you know, like a hymn to tag onto it. So then now people feel a little bit more like, Oh, I kind of think I know now what the song's about and then hit them with another song that they fully know. So it's really all about like where you position them to maybe help with that kind of bridging that gap of, hey, they're not going to sing it, but we're going to give them a little bit more, something to look forward to towards the end. But we're always kind of like, hey, we believe that in the next 10 years, the songs that people are finding hard to sing to are going to be the normal songs that they're yeah. actually going to be singing in the True. future. So like, if you if you want to do it, if you want to be a pioneer, you're going to embrace that awkwardness. It is growing. <laughs> it is growing. Right. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's great. Talk, talk a little bit now. I mean, so you started from like the quiet and now you guys are, you know, back fully going. What does it look like now? Um, I mean, you've kind of described a little bit of it, but maybe just speak to the, you know, now that some of these songs came out of that time and now they're all in a corporate setting. Like what's what's church look like for you guys right now? Well, I think, well, first off, as a team, I think we've grown as a team. I think when quiet came, it was only like mm -hmm. three of us. And now there's like 12 of us. <laughs> Like we've come out of this as a bigger group and more of a collective. And, and so, I mean, church, I mean, obviously we're back in church every Sunday. Um, most of the people who are part of Rhythm were either at different locations or different campuses leading at those locations. Um, we, we're starting to implement a couple more rhythm songs into our Sunday mornings. Um, yeah. Like as they come, like we, like we said before, like not all our songs are meant for Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. And so, but the ones that are like, we're, we're, we're definitely doing them on Sundays. Um, and yeah, we've just been, we've just been back into back in a groove. It's mm -hmm. a new groove, but it feels good to really be back into a groove. And I, I'm trying to the, the rhythm. But, yeah. <laughs> and so um, trying not to do. I'm not trying to say that, but um, yeah, we're back into a groove of things. And um, yeah, it's it, it's been cool also because our main avenue for rhythm is our youth worship nights that we kind of do at our church. And it's been really fun to, to see that like, now that um, 
we kind of took them on a journey of, hey, like these are the songs that we're going to be doing. And now it just seems so normal within our context that even the songs that we didn't necessarily write to be done in church, they beg for. They're like, hey, give us meant to be like, cause you know, give us, has anyone left you high and dry? Which were songs that were just like, these are probably just going to be more studio listening songs, but those are the songs that go so hard in a youth uh, service. And so it's been fun to kind of see, oh no, like, when they trust the people leading them, they'll follow no matter what it sounds like. And they're okay with kind of being taught a, a new way of worship. Yeah, that's great. Talk a little bit about like your style. Are you, uh, what, what are you pulling from? <laughs> like what, I guess everything what's inspiring you? Yeah, everything. It's kind of, kind of figured that'd be the answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think our style, I mean, I, our goal is really just to understand when you, when you're, when your demographic is young and young adults and our genres play around like in the pop side, you have to stay um, flexible and you have to stay open-handed with it. Mm -hmm. And so we try not to dig too deep into too many different styles and lock ourselves into it because the moment you do that is the moment you kind of put a date on whatever you're doing. And so our style is, is, is really going to always be based off of who, like when we when we are leading, who who do we see in front of us? Mm. Because our responsibility is to lead, is to lead the people that we've been um, entrusted to lead with our youth and our young adults. And so, um, right now, we look out there and we see kids who love hip hop, we see kids who love rock, we see kids who love like singer songwriter stuff. And so we're going to meet them where they are, and we're going to make music that they can relate to. And then ten years from now, we're like making robotic techno. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there you go <laughs> we got to do it we got to do it yeah. and so obviously we have our we have preferences mm -hmm. and we have like styles that we bring that we pull from and i mean it, it ranges from like um obviously of course like elevation worship mm -hmm. and pastor steven and the house there's and like the house is kind of like built on those type of songs and then the kirk franklin's and the and how he kind of like transcended through like I was listening to his album the other day and he kept saying like, all oh, my young people, all oh, my young people. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, even like how Kurt Franklin kind of got started with like really kind of like going for the next generation. And then um, on the other side, like I love Kanye West. Mm. I love his production style and I love Pharrell. Um, and yeah, who do, you, who do you like? Yeah, I mean, one of my biggest inspirations definitely is like John Mayer and just his writing, how he's just able to tell stories, but they also love the pop uh, influence of Justin Bieber and his band. And so like yeah. stylistically, our team is just, we love so much different genres and different types of music and getting in the room and creating music that we all love is, is kind of like the picture that we try to create. It's almost like, like we're trying to almost blend Christ, uh, Christ, Christ revelation with like uh, cultural relevancy. And so whatever that kind of looks like um, yeah. in, in the, in the moments and in the times, like we're, we're just trying to meet people where they're at. Yeah. Which I mean, that's biblical. That's all throughout. Paul did a lot of that <laughs> throughout the new Testament. Yeah. That's awesome. You, you mentioned like elevation worship. I'd love to hear just what's the, I, I'd say tension. It's not really tension, but like, what does it look like to have elevation rhythm and elevation worship? Like just, what does that look like practically for your church? It's so hard. We hate them. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. Right. They have Grammys and we have Grammys. Gosh, there you go. <laughs> uh, it's actually like, it is a, I think we, 
we're more different than we're we're very much alike, but we're also very different. Mm-hmm. And sure. so there's a lot of crossover just because it's like we're all under the same house. Yeah. Um, and so and then so, but I think um, their elevation worship is has established itself in a way over the past like ten years, mm-hmm. and we're such a such a baby it's even kind of even weird to even like mm-hmm. like try to like like be like oh yeah we're we're in the same situation and we're yeah. the same thing and so i think we love to embrace the we love to embrace the fact that we have the opportunity to do it completely different um and but we also have the blessing i mean what a blessing is to have such a ministry that paved mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. and has learned a lot of lessons that we don't have to learn now and they've um, opened up doors that, that we don't really have to open up and we get to follow behind them. Mm-hmm. And I think, but it's our mission to also just not to, not to take that for granted mm-hmm. and just and become like a carbon copy of it, but mm-hmm. to really like honor that by pushing even further and being like, hey, like we're gonna, we're gonna honor the, the, all the work y'all have done and we're not just gonna repeat the same things y'all did, mm-hmm. but we're really going to see how, how we can even help um, elevation worship by kind of going in lanes and going into spaces mm-hmm. that they're not really in yet and so it's we partner up with them but it, it's definitely like big brother little brother it is that's awesome what um so the album's been out for a little bit like what what kind of feedback are you guys seeing on it at this point it it's been incredible to just see like how many people are loving all the different types of songs so i think usually like on a on a normal project you have like one or two songs that everyone constantly talks about but it's been really cool like any kind of the teenagers that we kind of speak to and a lot of the audiences that we have connections with it's it's always a different song it's always like oh i love you know over and over those are for like the you know 16 year old girls who just love worship and they just love reading their bible to to, you know spotify it's like oh i love over and over then we have like some of our like 16 year old boys who just like love rap and just like love going to parties and they're like oh man back then is my song and then we speak to someone who's just like so much more of a chill person they're like i just love the way trust ministers and so it's been really cool to not just have like one specific one or two songs that are like make the project the project but to hear people always just pick out a different type of song is very helpful because we wanted the, the entire project to almost feel like a playlist where like we're part of the playlist generation where these you know these kids are on spotify and on apple and they're combining you know like kirk franklin and jesus culture and bethel and then also have justin bieber and you know billy eilish all on the same playlist and our project kind of does that for them and so that's yeah. been like a really great highlight so far. That's awesome. Have you guys had like a, did you have like a launch worship night or anything like that to go with it? How, how'd, that, how'd that go? <laughs> yeah. So we, we had a listening party about two days before the project actually dropped. And so it's our, it's our rhythm nights are kind of like our main youth nights. Yeah. And so for that specific night, we actually, uh, we turned the whole auditorium into a listening party. We didn't have the band on stage. It was literally just the album that we played. And it was the first time that they got to hear back the project that we recorded in December. And they went wild. It was crazy. We were so afraid because it, it was, again, something new. We're always trying to break the boundaries of like, okay, well, what's a listening party supposed to be like? Or worship night? Well, the band has to play. We're like, what if the band has nothing to do with it? And we literally just play the album front to back. And they yeah. love it. And so, that, so, the, so it was literally just 
room, nobody on stage, just play the album. And then yeah. we're talking, we're talking like teenagers, right? Paying attention. <laughs> we're talking 800 teenagers put on the floor in one of our campuses. We kind of set up like a, like a little stage on the ground, but it was just kind of just with like us helping kind of keep the energy going. And yeah. they listened to every song, the worship songs, they were worshiping, hands raised, the songs that they needed to jump up and down, they were jumping up and down. So it really was like, man, like if this is the same experience someone else can have in their car or in their dorm or in their kitchen, like that they're having in the same room that we were getting listening, they were listening yeah. to the project in, and that's honestly like the goal of the of the songs. Wow, that's cool. What advice do you have for um, like a younger worship leader trying to lead this broad? I mean, like you said, everybody's playlist generation. Like, what advice do we have for the guy that's in a youth group with just a hundred teens trying to lead them in worship? Like, what what would what should they do? <laughs> yeah, I, I think for me, it's like. Um, I try always lead from a place of like knowing who I'm leading. And so the place that we always started, like all these songs that we wrote were from the conversations we were having with our teenagers, like quiet came from us getting in a room and it's like, man, like we all lead small groups. Hey, like tell us like, what was your last small group about via zoom? Cause that was what we're right. all kind of doing, you know, it was just like, man, our kids are just alone and like, they're just struggling and they, they want to try and figure out like, Will, will things go back to normal? And so we're always trying to write and lead from a place of knowing the people that we're leading. And so my first thing would be like, hey, it's so much easier to lead teenagers when they trust you and they know you. And so if you can find a good way to do that, even if it's just like knowing 10 of them and those are the 10 that help lead the rest of the room with you, that makes a massive difference. But then also to lead from a place of vulnerability. And so when you're sharing hey, why we're singing the songs and why we're leading them and why we're doing this, then it kind of opens them up because they, they, they're, they're more open to see transparency than just being told what to do. And yeah. so I think those are like two great places to start and then be confident in what God has given you because like no one else can do what you do the way God has called you to do it. And people will follow you once they see that you're being true to who you are not just trying to be someone else. Yeah, that's really good. I'd love to hear what's your guys' story. How'd you get involved with all this? <laughs> with all like with elevation and like yeah, just like how, how did you get into worship leadership and then now at elevation and yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've been producing since I was a kid, almost like 16, 17. Yeah, um, I've done way more work in uh, the pop in the hip hop world. And I just kind of, it's a pretty lonely music industry. And so um, long story short, I just kind of didn't really feel, I didn't really feel like I was um, really getting getting developed mm -hmm. as, a, as a man. I just felt like I was just being almost like glorified for my acts, but no one really like, it was like no one really cared beyond whatever I was doing. And I think mm -hmm. it was, felt really empty. And so that's when, I um, started just kind of wanted to go, left everything and started going to church. And I was going to church for maybe like three or four years, not really doing much. And, and um, uh, I think I met you guys maybe like two years ago and I met David and Tiff and we had a writing session. And that was probably one of the first times I started like making music again. And it was the first time I make music that was for the Lord. Wow. And um it was just so different, but it was different in all the best ways. Like 
it was we before we even made a song we talked for hours and mm -hmm. I think that that's just like it was like oh it's deeper than just about what what I'm here to do which is to make a song it's about like who who we are yeah and like what are where our hearts are and I think that we connected on a heart level before we even made a sound mm -hmm. and I think that's that's Huge. what really brought me to um elevation rhythm and and the fact that they just embraced me and my and my craziness yeah. and how like <laughs> I didn't know how to make worship music and I didn't sure. play the guitar. And so I was kind of coming in with just beats. And they looked at it as like, let's go. And yeah. so that's kind of like how I kind of hopped on to the rhythm team. Yeah. And, and awesome. he's been such, a, yeah, he's been such an integral part of the metamorphosis of where rhythm is, is it was very important for us. If we felt like, man, we're trying to reach the next generation and we're trying to do it differently. And so we needed to find someone who is different and Josh is definitely different. And I'm sure you hear it in the music that we've kind of been creating and producing. For me, um, I, my wife and I moved to America in 2017 to be a part of Elevation Church. We kind of were from South Africa and um, we just stumbled upon Elevation Worship on YouTube one day and fell in love with just the ministry and the songs that were just impacting so many people. We happened to be one of those people. And my dream, um, I've, I grew up in my parents' church and my dream was always to just kind of be a part of like just the next wave of, hey, like what does worship look like for the next generation? And so being able to then kind of into our youth ministry here at Elevation Youth and being able to serve under um, Pastor Stephen and uh, Tim Summers, our youth pastor, who just, they so much believe in like, hey, like we believe that our church is, is called to keep on pushing the ministry forward. And so they just entrusted us to just start with remixing Elevation worship songs. That's where Elevation Rhythm started. It wasn't yeah. just like, it was a, hey, like we want you guys to write songs. It was just like, hey, just do what you think the next generation in our church needs. And it just started with remixing Elevation worship songs and then writing little choruses and bridges here and then. And then kind of became like, hey, writing our own songs. And then it became, oh, what are you doing with the songs that you've written? Well, let's create something. And so Rhythm wasn't, always like, a, hey, like, this is going to be for the world. It was, this is going to be for our youth and our teenagers in our church. And okay, if that means that we get to put them on Spotify and the world gets to hear them, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a really good place to start for writing, for sure. Like, think about, like you guys have said, like, think about the people you're actually leading rather than, you know, whatever lofty aspirations are for the Spotify plays or anything like that. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. As always, make sure to connect with us on Instagram, TikTok, find us on Facebook, LinkedIn. We are all over the place. Can't wait to chat with you.